Welcome back to Private Practice Blueprint. I'm Lauren Spaulding, and if you are new here, this is a podcast for mental health entrepreneurs where we talk business skills, clinical skills, and mental health. And welcome to the final episode of season two. What a whirlwind. We've talked about so many different topics all around helping you out in your private practice journey. We've talked about starting your business, growing your business, scaling your business, and we've talked about some clinical topics and mindset work. So be sure to go check out those episodes if you have not yet. There is lots and lots of information for you that can help you in your journey as a private practice therapist. And in the final episode today, I wanted to give you a sneak peek into one of the lessons created for the private practice blueprint courses and the collective practice membership. So without further ado, let's dive in. This lesson is focused on introducing you to scaling your business and creating a scalable offer. In this lesson, we are going to talk about the steps needed to scale your business. This is introducing you to your path to scaling your business and creating a sellable offer. So we're going to talk about six steps to scaling your business and four steps to begin the process of outlining your digital course. So first, let's talk about scaling your business. I want to take a moment to define what scaling your business means and show you the comparison of traditional business growth to scaling your business. So business growth is generally seen as defining the success of your company. Growth refers to increased revenue, which typically is a result of being in business for an extended amount of time. It can also refer to other aspects of your business growing, like the number of employees on your team, the amount of offices you have, and the number of clients that you serve. All of these things are typically linked to growth in revenue, which is then linked to business growth. This is the traditional private practice model. But the biggest problem here is that it takes a lot of resources to sustain constant growth. This is why we see a lot of private practices fail or stay small because it takes so much resources and a lot of overhead to keep the revenue growing. Scaling, however, is achieved by increasing revenue in your business without increasing costs too much. So you're able to add customers and your revenue is able to grow exponentially, but your cost only increases incrementally, if at all. Some businesses are able to scale without increasing the cost of overhead and resources at all. So scaling can be done without accumulating a high amount of overhead. This is very different from traditional business growth. When we talk about scaling your private practice, we are focused on you creating an online course, using your intellectual property to build a product, and this product doesn't have to be manufactured. It's not a tangible item that you have to create and that you have to then create in bulk in order to serve your growing customer base. Digital products allow for infinite revenue growth opportunity without infinite expenses going along with that growth. So let's look at an example of what I'm talking about in terms of our business model as a private practice owner. First, let's look at typical 
traditional business growth for a private practice owner. So I open a private practice and all of the overhead that I am considering for my business is just centered around me. The office that I need, which is typically a single office for a solo practice and all of the tools needed to run the business. Then let's say I have a wait list. So now I feel my business growing. I'm sitting at kind of a growing edge transition period. So I decide to hire two more therapists to sustain the growth happening with my business. So the business grows. I now have a team and because of that, I have to increase overhead and I have to add new overhead. So as a solo practice, I was paying for my office space, probably furnished it. I was paying for my EHR, my website, my email, and my liability insurance. So those were all of that was all of my overhead as a solo practice. But now that I have a team, even if they're contractors, I have increased overhead like more taxes to consider and I have to have a bigger office space. I have to furnish that bigger office space, most likely. I have to increase the number of people using the EHR, which typically means you have to increase your plan. I have to increase the number of people using my paid email account that's HIPAA compliant, which typically means you have to increase your plan. And I have to add insurance for these contractors or employees. I have to ensure the bigger space for us. And sometimes you have to actually hold your own liability insurance and then have your contractors have their own liability insurance as well. So you have to increase your plan and then also have them have their own plans. I am also going to increase my office supplies. I have to make sure everyone's needs are met. I have to make sure that I'm providing all the tools for my therapist to be able to print as much as they need, to scan, to fax. All of these things are considered in order to be a good business owner, in order to provide all of the tools needed for your therapist to run the business. And you might find yourself increasing overhead by now having someone who's answering phone calls and fielding these incoming clients who are working with all of y'all, or you might find yourself needing an administrative team depending on how your growth is happening. So then let's say you are sitting pretty for like a year or two with these two additional therapists on your team, but then everyone raises their rates, rightfully so. We know as therapists, a lot of times we do have to raise our rates to keep up with inflation and to also pay ourselves our worth but you still have people calling looking for lower rates for therapy and you don't want the those clients to be, you know, missed out on as a business owner, so you hire three more therapists to provide those lower cost therapy services. Your business grows and now you have to increase your overhead again and potentially add new overhead. But now as a group practice owner who has a team of therapists, your business plan gets a bit more complex. Your revenue will fluctuate a bit more than it did when you were a solo practitioner or even had a smaller team. 
therapists are going to go come and go. Um, they're going to go into their own private practices or leave to have a changing career. But as they go, you're going to have to maintain the same overhead regardless of your team. So you're going to have to be able to quickly hire people, keep your team at the number desired to sustain your revenue growth. And a lot of times scarcity mindset begins to set in around this phase of business growth where you are feeling the fluctuations as a business owner and you're heavily relying on the revenue brought in by your team in order to cover all the costs of running this business and have some profit happening in the business and have some ongoing revenue growth. So now let's look at a different business model where you scale your business before you grow your team. So you open your solo practice, you've got overhead that's pretty low because it's just based around you running your business, and you start to have a wait list. Instead of increasing your team, you first work on creating a digital product, something that you can offer to the people on your wait list. And you now have something that has exponential growth. So you're not only offering it to people on your wait list or people who are calling you based on referrals, but you're also offering it to this expansive online audience from your marketing strategy. So I'm not just selling this product to the three people who called me this month looking for therapy. I'm offering this product to hundreds of people who are seeing me online in my private practice. The business grows. I don't have to increase overhead or I minimally increase it to cover the cost of my digital product being online and ready to go for people to purchase. I now have passive revenue. So now I can determine growth on my own terms because I have revenue coming in that I'm not needing to exchange my time for. So regardless of how the revenue fluctuates from my one-on-one -on -one services, I have ongoing passive income coming into the business, which can cover all of my overhead costs and then some. And as the sales of the online course grow, the passive revenue grows for the business, creating more and more opportunity to invest in more overhead and starting a team in a bigger um, office space, so on and so forth. So then the business continues to grow. The passive revenue allows me to increase my overhead with less risks. I add people to the team, I invest in a bigger office space, and I'm not having to go into debt or rely on my therapist to quickly build their calendar to cover the costs because the passive revenue is covering all of that and I can allow the business, the one-on-one -on -one services side of the business to intentionally grow. Then as my business gets to be more complex, as I add more and more people to the team, as I expand my services in my private practice, I start to experience that complexity of the revenue fluctuating. Things happen like therapists coming and going, but as I have as I feel the need to maintain the same amount of overhead, like you can't just 
back out of an, a bigger office space and go to a smaller one and then go to a bigger one when you hire someone else and then go to a smaller one. That's what I mean by you have to maintain your overhead. Um, but as I find myself having to do that, the passive revenue consistently covers that. So even if I lose a therapist, I could still be looking at growth and think, all right, I'm going to replace that therapist and I'm going to continue on with my plan to hire two more because I'm not relying as much on the one-on-one -on -one services so I can remain proactive as a business owner because I don't need the therapist's one-on-one -on -one services to necessarily cover all of their additional costs of overhead. I've got a lot more wiggle room on that ratio of what the therapist is bringing in versus what it costs in order to have that therapist on the team. When I am no longer relying on a person on the team to foot put food on my table, I can provide a better work environment for them. I can be a lot more intentional with who I hire. I can make sure that I'm creating the private practice space that I wanted to and that I'm always working within my values as a business owner. So you can see why I love this new business model so much for therapists, why I believe it is where we are going to be headed as mental health practitioners. There are therapists already engaging in passive income who are finding great success in it, who are able to build highly successful businesses with it. And I think it's going to become more and more normal because it meets our need as business owners to see exponential revenue growth like companies who make tangible products. And it also meets needs of clients out there who are looking for alternative ways to address their mental health. Like not everybody wants one-on-one -on -one therapy and clients who are looking for more affordable ways to address their mental health, who maybe can't afford your rate at you know, 150 per hour for a session, but can afford to pay 50 bucks for your course. So it's very much this win-win situation and it can also complement the services that you're providing or that your team are providing because it gets somebody excited to continue working with you and your team. If I take your grief course and you run a grief center, I'm then really interested in any further services you can provide for me because I got a really good experience from your course. So let's say you add a therapist to your team. I'm like likely going to be calling you and asking if I can get on that person's calendar. Now I've you've upselled a customer to a clinical client, or let's say someone on your team decides to host a grief and loss group or a retreat. Again, someone who engaged in your course is already primed and ready to engage with you and your team. So it also creates opportunity for more customer loyalty that we've not necessarily been able to experience as much in the past when therapists were focused more on the old school traditional business growth model and we were relying on those one-on-one -on -one services. All right, I hope you enjoyed that sneak peek into the Private Practice Blueprint courses. That was the introduction lesson of the scaling your business phase of the courses. And I hope that you check out the other lessons and see how I can help you in meeting your private practice goals. Be sure to check out the website and reach out to me if you have any questions. 
I hope that you invest in yourself and your business this year and start reaching those big private practice goals that you have set for yourself. And be sure to follow me on my other social medias where I post even more free content for mental health entrepreneurs. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. It's free and it's the easiest way to support this podcast and help it reach even more people. And share today's episode with a friend, a colleague, or anyone who could benefit from today's information. Thanks so much for tuning in to season two of Private Practice Blueprint. It's been so fun to share all this information with you, and I will look forward to seeing you in September for season three. Have a great summer, and I'll see you soon. Bye.